Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias at work. I'm Annie Rogaski. In this episode, I have a conversation with Nancy Hibschman about something that happened a long time ago and the impact that a male ally had on her. It's a very interesting story and interesting how it came up again since it's been so long since it happened. I think you'll enjoy it. Here's Nancy. I am here today with Nancy Hibschman. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. So, Nancy, um, I'm so pleased that you're here with us today. Would you share with us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am here in the Bay Area. I, as a profession, I am a compensation consultant, and I now I work exclusively in the not-for-profit sector, but I help companies make sure that pay is both competitive and reasonable. And I think in that same related vein, um, pay equity issues are also a, a matter of um, e- extreme importance to me right now. That is a great topic and difficult issue, especially for women in the Bay Area and women in tech. So I'm glad that there are people like you that are on top of that and handling it. And hopefully we can make some progress on that pay equity issue in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Nancy, you and I spoke about a male ally moment that you had um, actually quite some time ago. Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. I'll I'll just start from the beginning. So, I was 24 years old, and keep in mind this is, you know, 22 years ago, and I was in graduate school working on my master's degree, and during graduate school, I lived at home, and I worked at a small accounting firm in Orange County, California, and the owner of the accounting firm was this man in his, I guess, late 50s. He was the main CPA in the firm and the only male, and the rest of the CPAs and the support staff, which included me, were women, and I could just describe this man as he was quite difficult and awkward to be around for a number of reasons, but what made the situation become quite unbearable for me um, was his, his attempts to sexualize and humiliate me at company events like company parties. Hmm. And these parties would include not only my office colleagues, but the firm's clients as well. So there were a number of people there. And his doing this would, would happen by making, you know, these sexually suggestive comments about me, usually after he'd have a good deal to drink. And the final straw was a holiday party at which he made some pretty loud and pretty lewd comments about me as I was saying my goodbyes and attempting to leave. And his final comment to me was, you know, hey, where are you going? You're going to blank your boyfriend? And he said this, and it was kind of like you could have heard a pin drop because he was very... I think drunk at the time and loud and everybody kind of stopped and looked at me. And Mm. when he did this in the past, I would just ignore him and try to forget what he said, but this time was somehow different. And I I remember kind of turning red and, and freezing and feeling very hot with humiliation and, and, you know, just, I I don't know what else, but as, as a 24 year old, I wasn't really sure what to do with this. And I ran out of there I went immediately over to my boyfriend's house and was obviously visibly upset and there were, there were tears. And as I was telling everybody there what happened and this would include my boyfriend, his brother, his mother, his dad, and his uncle, it was his uncle whose response was pretty 
loud and definitive. And he said, this is unacceptable. This, this man cannot continue to act like this and you need to write a cease and desist letter. And I didn't know what he was talking about. He was a lawyer. And Mm -hmm. before I could really process what he was saying, he finished his thought was, I'll write it for you. And we're going to send it on behalf of my law firm. And he did. Um, Wow. That a couple days later, a certified letter was sent on behalf of my lawyer to my boss. And he can imagine the angst I was feeling (laughs) at the office, waiting at my desk, waiting for that letter to arrive. And I didn't know when it was going to get there, what I would do when it did, what I would say. I wondered, would he approach me? Well, and then I started to doubt myself, like, what did I do? And am I going to get fired? And I just confronted somebody and I've never done that. How is this going to be awkward? And then I wondered, like, who is he going to tell? And then would I look like, you know, the bad guy? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he did approach me and he did. I remember the look on his face and it was sort of like a look of surprise and, and part apology and really part disdain. I mean, he claimed to have no idea what I was talking about. And so it was a fairly brief and very awkward conversation. But you have to understand that, well, today I would probably consider myself a fairly confident, assertive and direct adult. I was not that way at 24. I mean, I was very shy, very unsure of myself and never, ever would I have stood up for myself alone. I mean, it was, it's unthinkable to me now how on earth I had the courage to do that at 24. But it's kind of, you know, sometimes we have to, we have to push ourselves and sometimes we really do have the courage to do things and it just takes someone else to both give us a hand and, and perhaps give us a push as well. And so I guess like what I can say is it wasn't until the Me Too movement that I remembered this story from 22 mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I so wish that I have a copy of the letter and, and even as we've talked about, the name of the guy who helped me. And I, I would like more than anything to be able to thank him for what, what he did and what it meant to me and how important that was given it was in the 90s. And, and this just... This just didn't happen then. Well, I should say yeah. <laughs> the bad behavior happened, yeah, but right. the, um, the male ally moments were very few and far between. And I had one and that's something to remember. That is an amazing story. There's so much that comes out of that. I mean, it's, I, I, I feel proud of my profession, which I don't all that often. Um, uh, I'm a lawyer as well. And, and it, it, th- this is one of those few moments where I feel like a lawyer did the right thing on the spot without even thinking, which I think is fantastic. But Nancy, you're, you had courage back then. I mean, to accept that help, which wasn't just a behind the scenes thing. I mean, you were sitting in that office knowing a letter was coming to your boss that was going to reference you and his misconduct with respect to you to be able to sit there and to withstand that kind of pressure at that age, I think is absolutely amazing. So you should be commended for that as well. Um, That's just a a really strong uh, stance to have taken. Well, you know, I think it just goes to show you that, you know, 
I mean, and I, I, like I said, I'm amazed to look back at myself and think like, really that I did that because (laughs) that just wasn't, that's not who I was. I, I, I mean, Orange County, I don't know if your listeners know Orange County, California, but it's conservative. Mm -hmm. Uh, I certainly didn't grow up in a feminist environment, both at home and in my community. And so standing up for oneself and let alone standing up, you know, in a sexually harassing situation towards a man. I mean, I didn't, I had never heard a story like this before at the time. And I just, I just know that, you know, had I not had a male ally, um, I would have never done that. I mean, it probably could have been a female ally as well, but mm-hmm. it just, to me that having, having somebody to help me find the courage, I, I wouldn't have done it alone. And that's what I think is so remarkable. And I think probably those male ally moments, the importance of your podcast is related because they still are few and far between probably getting more pervasive. But I think that that's, that this is something important to, to illuminate the men out there that are helping us and that have helped us. I mean, it takes a village, but it, it certainly can also just take one person. Yeah, absolutely. And I was struck in some of the recent interviews I've had with people about the fact that a lot of these male ally moments that women are sharing happened a really long time ago. And Mm -hmm. if you were to ask me, you know, what was I doing 20 years ago on December 14th, I would not be able to tell you. And yet there are stories that women have about how men helped them 20, 15, 10 years ago that they can still recall details of. I mean, you, you provided a lot of detail in your story. And I think that shows just how impactful that kind of allyship can be, even if it's something relatively small. Right. Right. And, and what's interesting is, like I said, I, I hate, hadn't thought about that story in 22 years and I remember it now like it was yesterday Mm. and and it's interesting I never told my parents about it I was too humiliated and um, I finally did tell them recently about it and they were shocked and wanted to know why I had never mentioned it and I said this is what women experience yeah you know we we've we get embarrassed and humiliated. I mean, that's what the, the, these acts are intended to do. And, you know, I'm a perfect example of someone that really never even told her family about something that happened. So it's, it's why being allies, whether we're men or women for each other, I mean, it's the only way to move this movement forward. Yeah. I could not say it better. Yeah. And I think you're, you're in good company. I, I suspect there are plenty of women who have experienced their own uh, harassment or discrimination in the workplace that they don't share with their families or their husbands. It's just, like you said, we just are so used to just dealing with it. And it's interesting you use the word, I think you felt humiliated or embarrassed. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a common experience of women. And yet, we didn't do the act that was wrong. <laughs> you know, we still right. feel that humiliation and that embarrassment for something that was done to us that we didn't do. And that's something I think we need to find a way to work through as well. Right. Because it's not, 
and it's not necessarily consciously processed by us. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, I think if that were to happen to me today, I would hopefully handle it in, in different ways, but you never know you're, you are caught off guard by these things intentionally. And, you know, I, I think that I, I just knew how I felt. I just didn't really like, I did, I certainly wasn't mature enough to sort of process it, but I didn't dress provocatively. I didn't, I didn't drink at these parties. I was just, I was just a kid and I was the youngest, you know, woman in the office, which is, could have been why I was the target. I don't, I don't know, but you know, to not have anything to point to, like I couldn't even say like, maybe I shouldn't have been wearing this or maybe I shouldn't have been drinking. I mean, I didn't even have any of that to blame it on, so to speak. Not that, you know, I'm sure we can agree those aren't even reasons, but mm-hmm. I, I had nothing. So I just felt embarrassed. I didn't really know why. And I figured there must be something I'm doing to invite this behavior. And, but even if I was, it still wasn't appropriate and it still wasn't right. And yeah. um, that would be a man I probably would go look up to give him another what for if I could. <laughs> if anyone comes across either the, the male ally, the uncle who wrote the letter or the boss, um, share this podcast with them so that they can hear the impact that they had. And then um, contact me on Unraveling Pink and then I will get contact information if appropriate to Nancy. <laughs> How about <Absolutely>. that? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Well, I, I am so glad that you shared that story with us. It's, um, I think it's a hard thing to share. Uh, and it reveals that we haven't really come all that far from where we were 20 years ago. We're still grappling with a lot of these issues, but we're talking about them now. And hopefully mm-hmm. that makes the progress a lot faster. But on that note, is there a challenge that you might issue to our listeners that would help us get there even faster, whether it's just something someone can go into work tomorrow to do to even the playing field, even the compensation field? Um, What might you challenge our listeners to do? You know, I think women in particular should be talking to each other. And, you know, this is a, this podcast is about male allies. And so, you know, but I think that women allies are equally as important and maybe if not more. And so perhaps the challenge is to, you know, be an ally for others and, you know, in turn, seek them for yourself. If you're, if you don't have any, they are out there and you can find them and, you're listening to a podcast of somebody who could really be an ally. I mean, and the challenge is, you know, look for chances to be an ally, to not let women get bullied, to not let women, whether you're male or female, if you see it happening, if you see somebody being treated poorly, be there. That's a great challenge. And it is a perfect segue into my March series. You didn't even know this, Nancy, but um, in March, I'm going back to a daily podcast to highlight stories of women helping women. So I've been doing male ally stories. This will be female ally stories. So if you 
if any of our listeners take on Nancy's challenge and want to share their stories in March, it's not too late. Reach out to me and we can get your story published in March. Wonderful. I really look forward to that. Yeah, it should be fun. Every day in March, we'll have a women helping women story. I love it. That is terrific. Great. Well, thank you, Nancy, so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You too. And, and it's been such a pleasure. And I, I'm so excited to, to hear more from you. Well, thank you. Thanks, Nancy, for sharing that story. I'm sure that was not easy and certainly not easy to have that come up again. But I think it is important for us to hear these stories and to recognize how prevalent they are both in the past and today. So the more we hear about them, the more we can talk about how to solve this problem. And I think that Nancy's challenge is a perfect way of doing that, of being allies to each other, whether male or female, speaking up when we see something, helping each other out when we see something, and not letting behavior like what Nancy experienced happen in front of us unchecked. So hopefully you'll take on her challenge this week and look out for opportunities to be an ally to each other. And if you have a story of how a woman helped you on your path, please reach out to me. I am still putting together the stories for March, our Women Helping Women Month in honor of Women's Month. So I'd love to hear your story and be able to share it in March. You can message me on Twitter at Unraveling Pink or send me a note on our contact page, unravelingpink.com contact. And just a reminder that uh, my goal in 2018 is to increase listenership. I have seen a bit of an uptick in listens. So thank you to those who have recommended Unraveling Pink to others. And if you haven't yet, or if this episode inspires you to reach out to someone else, please do and let them know about Unraveling Pink. Thanks, and together we can unravel the pink bandana.